Because like everything else he does, it's not planned out. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, we could do this thing. Wait, is she here? She is. Oh my god, <laughs> talking shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> the icon changed size. I was like, something is different. <laughs> I just gave up and downloaded it onto my iPad. Oh, there you go. Whatever works. Yeah. Fuck the phone. <laughs> it's a good rule of life. That's... Yep. Well, so you caught Dave talking junk about other podcasters. <laughs> That's like she know. I'm really, really upset that I missed it. <laughs> yeah. That's what we tend to do for more time than we actually talk about the movies. We just bitch about people. I'm on board. Yeah. What? It's rude. Man, when are we ever going to get a chance to see this kind of shit live without paying for it? Sorry, it's just new to him. Oh, and you're an old hand at this? No, no, I should apologize. I don't normally get all messy in public, but it's... It's been a while since I've seen Kiln here. You know what? I want to dance. Go ahead. I'll watch from here. No, I want to dance with you. Don't be such a rag. I have to sit here and work up the desire to fuck you later. Please. <laughs> yes? You said fuck. She said fuck. You said fuck to that girl. You said that you'd fuck her. And? Well, how can a girl fuck another girl? Were you talking about strap-ons or something? Jesus, would you shut up? What? It's okay. I, I just, I don't know how many times I can apologize for it. No, Binky, I've never used a strap-on. Well, then what's with saying fuck? Shouldn't you say eat her out or at least modify the term fuck with something like fist? Let me ask you a question. Can men fuck each other? What are you asking for my permission? In your estimation. Sure. So for you to fuck is to penetrate. You're used to the more traditional definition. You inside some girl you do jackhammer in a way, not noticing that bored look in her eyes. Hey, I always notice that bored look in her eyes, all right? <laughs> Fucking is not limited to penetration, Banky. For me, it describes any sex when it's not totally about love. I don't love Kim, but I'll fuck her. I'm sure you don't love every girl you sleep with. Some of them I downright love. <laughs> uh, Alright, so we're doing Chasing Amy. Shit. Uh, let's go to my research here. That's just one click away. <laughs> IMDB slash Chasing Amy. <laughs> Alright, cool. Sheila, how do you want to be introduced? What are you? What are you promoting? What what brand are you? Uh, are you selling? I got nothing. <laughs> I think I'll just do that. Podcast yeah, super fan. She yeah, loves. You you can't find my work anywhere. I have no work. <laughs> you can just promote this. You can go meta and just be like this episode you're listening to now. Yes, that's what I'm promoting. I was recently on the Grand Gesture, <laughs> talking chasing Amy. This is my greatest work. Yeah. Please. <laughs> More sexual content in everything. That's my brand. Okay. There you go. You'll be our most popular <laughs> guest by far. Like, where can Whoa. I find this? 
Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Grand Gesture, a podcast where Coastal Elite Dave, that's me, and Country Bumpkin Mike apply everything we've learned from movies to our love lives. And our guest this week is podcast superfan Sheila. Sheila, thanks for joining us this week. Oh, you bet. <laughs> so people, if people listen to this and want to hear more of you, where can they follow you? Oh, well, they can follow me on Twitter. You won't ever hear me, but it's G-I-D-D-Y-1313. That's about it. You got me. Was that shame or are you, are you saying that Dave's talented <laughs> drawing out Do Twitter you see handles? The, <laughs> the deep red blush going on my face here. Uh, that's kind of the reason I wanted you to come on and talk about this because you, uh, your, your brand as such, uh, is uh, sexual imagery. I think I follow your Twitter feed and I, I'm the recipient of some of that and I appreciate that. It, uh, improves my day. So we're we're going to do our first, I think, Dave, first uh, sex comedy of sorts. I mean, there are a lot of them. Yeah, but I think I think this is the first one that that applies. We've to, been yeah. pretty prudish up to this point, and I think our numbers reflect Dave. that. So yes, that's right. Prudish. <laughs> so when we we want to stop being prudish, we bring Sheila onto the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good for something, I swear. So I don't know if this is a film that's uh, aged well or not. Uh, even in some of Kevin Smith's. Uh, subsequent work uh if you've seen i don't know which evening with kevin smith but there's an entire segment where a college student sort of takes him to task for the wrong message that his fans have taken from this film which involve uh we have two characters here comic book artists and writers holden and banky played by ben affleck and jason lee jason lee being the best friend that uh, basically is afraid of this new romance that's developed with holden and another comic book artist named Alyssa who we will find out has a very different sexual and romantic background than either of these two uh, very vanilla characters here, these stand-ins for Kevin Smith. So, um, yeah, Sheila, I want you to come on and talk about this because I think this is probably the, the greatest film of all time about the attack on conservative family values. Your stance. Okay. Got a question first. <laughs> What about my sense of humor made you pick this movie for me? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, well, okay. The, the thing that I still take from the movie, because this is, still remains one of my favorites, is that there is, for a film that's about secrets between a relationship here, in particular sexual secrets uh, that kind of ruin uh, what is developing here, there's a strange openness from the supporting characters who just say exactly what's on their mind. And just sort of point things out. In particular, Jason Lee, but you also have the character of Hooper, who does a similar thing. So I thought you would align more with their sensibilities as far as just cutting right to it. Yeah, I think that's probably right. <laughs> I hope you don't take that as an um, insult. I tried to compare you to the characters that have the funniest lines, so. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, Jason Lee is terrible, but you still laugh at him. He's he's good stuff. Yeah, I don't. I didn't consider him so terrible in this. I don't think I ever have because no, you there, wouldn't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I know Dave's going to disagree with me on this. Uh, I yes. believe you. This is truly going to be. Ready. This is this is going to be the coastal elite and the uh, the country bumpkin come uh, from different backgrounds here. But you know, our meat cute here, basically our our lead Holden played by Ben Affleck, he just misses cues, and Jason Lee does a similar thing. But when he misses cues, he's open to the idea that's like, oh, of course, that's how it is. So when it's revealed that this new crush of Holden's, Alyssa, 
uh, is at least at the time a lesbian in a in a relationship with another woman. Holden is, I mean, he is crushed. He is aghast that he could he could not read the signs. Whereas Banky, there's there's that sort of I guess infamous scene that's a callback to Jaws, where it's Banky that is really cool about being totally open with his sexual past, and yet he's he is the one that is more offensive. He's the one that tries to put people in boxes. But once he sort of knows the lay of the land, he's far more accepting than someone like Holden, who we see is far more conservative, even though he's the quote unquote good guy here. Well, I think he's accepting to a point, but I think he his actions while he's in his own home kind of belie that. Like he has all these moments like, oh, I can't call this thing a faggot in my own spare time and blah, blah, blah. Like when he's in public, when he kind of realizes what he's doing He's he is just kind of saying what he thinks and he he does like adjust relatively well. But that kind of that hatred and that fear is still there. He just kind of holds it in. Whereas Holden Which is I appreciate trying to be a good people. guy. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate, just shut up. I don't care if you like. I think I, we just get along point. more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there is that beautiful scene where, you know, she finishes singing terribly and um Banky's just looking at Holden, this grin on his face, looking him up and down. Yep. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly a little spy. I love the moment that. where he puts it together, too, where he puts it together where he's at. It's a great, it's, you know, there's not many moments for Kevin Smith as a director where I'm like, yeah, that's, that's actually good work there. But I think filming his realization with everything else that's going on in the room, I think that moment really works. Do you like that it's not the, the women making out or doing anything physical, like holding hands? It's two women talking, having a conversation yeah. where he's. Oh! <laughs> How dare they? Why am I not paramount here? So there, there are certainly there are two meat cutes here. There's, there's that one, but there's also the previous one where Holden, you know, the only way he meets Alyssa is through Hooper, who, uh, you know, to, in an attempt to sell his comic, uh, really dives into the racial politics in this scene on sci-fi and fantasy <laughs> genres. Right there, yeah. it's, it's a really good scene. <laughs> Uh, but I'm wondering, uh, I guess I'll start with you, Dave, uh, since you're the coastal elite, were you just as oblivious the first time you watched this as Holden? Because she is on a minority panel there. But I'm wondering if Kevin Smith is sort of playing with the audience like, oh, she's a minority. She's a woman. She's still available because this is our main character, Ben Affleck. So she's she's there for the taking. And it just goes right over his head. He never even considers it that she's a gay character. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's pretty accurate to how I watched this movie the first time. Like, minority panel, okay, women tend to be a minority in comics, especially as far as comic creation. So <laughs> That it's, is an it's understatement, sir. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it works, but then there's, I like that there's another level to it that the audience doesn't realize until, you know, just a couple scenes later. What about you, Sheila? Did you, uh, or, or is that just a, a stupid male's reaction? And the stupid male here is Dave. No, I just want that to be clear. Dave is a stupid minority male. Minority other than women at first. You're that? She said no. That's right. No. <laughs> I think I'm editing this episode, so we'll see if that makes the final cut. You're going to have to edit a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she's a woman on a comic panel. I mean, do you really have to look past that until it's like made obvious? Well, I'm trying to think. I saw this as a teenager, so I probably I was probably all about like, oh, it's the the, the movie with the lesbian and and Ben Affleck. He gets with the lesbian, so I'll I was. Say you went in with a little information. <laughs> yeah, I did not. I'm sure that was. The, I don't recall, but I'm I'm guessing going back in time that as teenage Mike, that was probably the selling point from the director of Clerks, and that's I alluded to that conversation that's in one of the 
the evenings with Kevin Smith where um, that particular college student who was a, a lesbian uh, said that she thought that the film did not do a good enough job dissuading the viewers from the very stupid sort of <laughs> philosophy of the Banky character uh, that – Holden just, you know, has changed her momentarily, that it's just his, that, that he thinks that he can, with, you know, the power of the deep dicking that gets referred to often in this film, that... Well, really, know, it's all what anyone needs. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I, do, I do disagree with this, you know, anonymous college student, because I don't think that... I actually think as I get older, that Holden becomes even less of a likable character. I have even less yeah. sympathy... As you know, maybe when I was a teenager, I'd be like, "Oh man, that kind of sucks." He fell for, it. but now I'm just like, "That's why I, I support Banky." I'm like, <laughs> "At least that guy." Does it have anything to do with the skeezy goatee and the bouffant hair? It doesn't help. Um, it definitely no. doesn't help. It's a yeah. bad look. This is a. <laughs> I'd say I. This is like I guess inside baseball for certain people, but there's this great story I remember of uh, reading of Michael Bay shooting Ben Affleck for Armageddon. And so it, this has bothered me watching Goodwill Hunting and Chasing Amy, any of his work prior to Armageddon, is that he refused to shoot Ben Affleck until he got his teeth capped. Like they had to look like every other male actor's teeth. As soon as I started this movie, I'm like, oh, it's pre Armageddon teeth. Yeah. And there's nothing. And the funny thing is, there's like, there's nothing like, if he, that had never happened, I would never think about it. Like he's just like, hey, it's right. a fairly handsome dude you know just an, yeah. you know and there's nothing wrong with his teeth no there's and nothing just big and flashy <laughs> right <laughs> there's so i i kind of attribute all of that look with the goatee that this is you know this is really a time capsule film it just needs a good shave it'll be all right yeah That's... yeah <laughs> <laughs> or grow a little more in yeah exactly <laughs> grow the actual beard don't that goatee is not a good look but do you think it contributes to the time capsule aspect of it because i wonder with any film that plays with sort of gender or sexual politics like something like in the company of men also came out in mm -hmm. 97 i believe how both these films age and i would say probably unfortunately in the company of men seems like yep that's that's what we're dealing with those type of dudes yeah. still mm -hmm. still on point <laughs> another one that's your fault i watched well <laughs> fault is a strong <laughs> and not the word i would <laughs> use <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But do we, you know, at the time that Chasing Amy came out, this was seen uh, as really progressive and really smart. Mm -hmm. Look at this. I don't think it's seen that way now. But for me, that only helps the film. I actually like that it's looked at because it's about dumb guys, dumb guys who have no real exp experience or culture outside of, you know, dick and fart jokes like Kevin Smith. Yeah. yeah I and think... I did try to watch this with 1997 eyes. Doesn't doesn't work. I <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> It is really hard to to kind of separate that. Like, I was, you know, you had mentioned earlier, kind of rewatching this is uh, you you like some of these characters a lot less, and I had the same experience. I remember really liking this movie when it came out because I was a big Kevin Smith fan because I was just about the right age to really enjoy Kevin Smith movies. And watching it now, it's it's a rough watch, especially if you're tied in at all to any kind of queer communities where it's just like, Oh, this is not like, uh, like, well, he liked her hard enough. So she changed her mind in a, in a tearful scene. It's just like, that doesn't really work for me. Why are we stopping? Cause I can't take this. Can't take what? I love you. love me i love you and not not in a friendly way although i think we're great friends 
and not in a misplaced affection puppy dog way, although I'm sure that's what you'll call it. I love you. Very, very simple. Very truly. You are the, the epitome of everything I have ever looked for in another human being. And I know that you think of me as just a friend and crossing that line is, is, is the furthest thing from an option you would ever consider, but <sighs> I had to say it. I just, I can't take this anymore. I can't stand next to you without wanting to hold you. I can't, I can't look into your eyes without feeling that, that longing you only read about in trashy romance novels. I can't talk to you without wanting to express my love for everything you are. And I know uh, this will probably queer our friendship, no pun intended. But I had to say it. So I've never felt this way before. And I, I don't care. I like who I am because of it. And if bringing this to light means we can't hang out anymore, then that hurts me. But God, I just, I couldn't allow another day to go by without just getting it out there, regardless of the outcome. Which, by the look on your face, is to be the inevitable shoot down. And you know, I'll accept that. But I know, I know that some part of you is hesitating for a moment. And if there's a moment of hesitation, then that means you feel something too. And all I ask, please, is that you just, you just not dismiss that and try to dwell in it for just 10 seconds. And I remember liking Ben Affleck's character a lot more when I first saw this, but like all the way through this movie, looking at it in 2017, like he's almost completely unlikable. Like Banky's, Banky's an ass, but he's an honest ass. Whereas yeah. Ben Affleck's character, you're just like, God, I don't like anything about you like the way you interact the way you deal with your friends the way you deal with relationships like all that like he doesn't really have a good moment here yeah and banky i think i can i give him more of a pass because the only damage he can really inflict is to holden himself it's their relationship he has no other ties with other people so if he wants to be selfish and sort of limited right. in his scope that's fine that's you know in the dave and the privacy of his own home you know if he if he wants to have ben affleck all to himself so be it that's between the two of them we, we gotta talk about that dave if that's a fantasy of yours <laughs> it might be a thing just, just me ben affleck no i'm, I'm mm. good i always saw you as like a phantoms era ben affleck is what you would go for that the bomb and phantoms go <laughs> <laughs> well so you alluded to the the breakup scene which there i guess there are there are really two uh, which is unfortunate for this podcast because I've noticed that some of the films I've been like, hey, let's do this. There's not one meet cute scene. And this one, there's there's right. pretty much two of everything. Here are the breakup. One, uh, which you just mentioned, is the, the, the rain scene where he admits his crush uh, to her. Oh. And this guy, this epically long Kevin Smith monologue. That I'm just, Shut up. <laughs> just, you know, even if I was a gay woman, which I often put, I can speak for that. You know, I'm... I'm <laughs> Definitely. When I think gay woman, Mike Dennison, that's what I think of. Sure. Uh, I, even if I had had any sort of inkling of feelings for a dude, that speech, at a certain point, I'd jump off and be like, ah, uh, no. No. Yep. Sticking with chicks. Yep. That's, I that's was thinking me. about it, but nope, not anymore. Yeah. Oh, and his, his voice quavering acting there is just like, okay, yeah, I would have been out of the car five minutes ago. Sorry. I don't like his clothing at all, too. Like that. I don't know. Oh, he's, all, he's very sort of frumpy, Ben Affleck, in that yep. moment, which... Yep. Yet again, everything's oversized. Yeah, like it's not a good look. 
bad hair, bad clothes. What is what does she like about this guy? Well, that, uh, you know, they do, obviously they get together and, uh, Banky is the one saying, Hey, this is not going to end well. Once he, he finds out they've, they've had sex on his couch, which is like of primary concern to him. It's the couch they sits on, uh, when he uses derogatory terms for homosexuals, uh, you have to be comfortable in that you know, when you're, you're lashing out at the world. <laughs> but the other breakup is, uh, of course, uh, at a hockey arena where, uh, Ben Affleck has uh, received from information from his friend that she's not a lesbian. She's bisexual. She has had previous relationships with men. Uh, in this case, what he's most concerned about is sexual relationships. Doesn't I don't think they ever get into like, oh, she dated this guy for a while. Nope. It is just sex. Just, she had sex with. That's the important part. So that she leads to an experimental sex. girl. Yeah, that leads to her. Yeah, I, I, I get. I mean, she's. We see what Beth like looks herself like. Herself, an experimental girl. <laughs> uh, clearly experimental with, uh, according to Michael Bay. How could she do that? That disgusting. Ben Without caps. Oh. <laughs> but I, you know, I think uh, that's that's the probably the dividing line in the film. Maybe for viewers, uh, is if you can get past the idea that the the deep dicking of Ben Affleck has worked has changed a lesbian. Uh, now the the film has betrayed you. It betrayed me as a teenager. This concept of this this lesbian that falls for Ben Affleck, and I think it puts people in an interesting sort of frame of reference there because at certain times I think Kevin Smith during that moment is saying he has a point. He he has been lied to. In any other rom com where someone has been lied to or misled by the romantic partner, that's an obvious breakup. It's like oh yeah, this is the point in the film where it's like you're not who you said you were. Um, it's a little bit different than. You know, something like, I don't know, like what lies beneath with Harrison Ford, <laughs> where it's like Interesting pull. Okay. Yeah, an affair, and okay. now now your woman is a you know your ex flame is a ghost haunting me. That's a little bit more extreme, I guess. But you know, we understand Michelle Pfeiffer having issues with that. Right. Um, Dave, do you have any issues with with Ben Affleck being lied to? His character Holden here, because it is it is a complete misrepresentation of the mythology of their love that she has contributed to. Yeah. She's misled him. It was interesting watching this again, that she never outright tells him that she's never been with a guy. Like she, she dodges those questions very well. So yes, she misleads him, but I also don't think like in a relationship, you necessarily owe everyone your personal autobiography before you sleep with them. And his I call reaction, that a gift. They always, they, they love yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> but his reaction to it is so infantile that that's, I mean, he's not my favorite character before this moment, but that's the moment where I turn on him, where it's just like, he just can't deal with the fact that someone has fucked her before him in the way that he has fucked her. And it's just like the end of the world. And from that point on in the movie, I have a really hard time getting back on on Holden's side at all. Like, you're just like, you need to, there's some deeper stuff Holden needs to deal with, needs to deal with that has nothing to do with this woman that he just can't handle this fact. And it's, it's tough for me to like, to like him again. And I don't think, I don't think you ever really get back there. At least I don't. What about you, Sheila? You're a, a team Holden all the way. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best negative I, response we've had on this podcast. <laughs> It just like, you know, she has been beyond promiscuous with women alone in the stories that he already knows about with women and just like eating women out, not even like having sex with women. It's like, you know, it's all of a sudden this whole wor new world because he happens to have she 
I'm getting my sexual confusion here. Anyway, you'll <laughs> cut that out, right? Nope. Anyway. <laughs> All the sex talk stays in. We need these numbers oh. to go up. <laughs> oh, well, gee. I don't know how I feel about you, right? Why? Now. Why? Because I had some sex. Some sex? Yes, Holden. That's all it was. Some sex. Most of it's stupid high school sex. Like you never had sex in high school. Listen, there is a world of fucking difference between typical high school sex and getting fucked by two fucking guys at the same time. They fucking use you. No! I use them. You don't think I would have let it happen if I hadn't wanted to, do you? I was an experimental girl, for Christ's sake. Maybe you knew early on that your track was from point A to B. But I like you, I was not given a fucking map at birth. So I tried it all. That is until we, that's you and I, got together. And suddenly I was sated. Can't you take some fucking comfort in that? You turned out to be all I was looking for. That missing piece in the big fucking puzzle. Look, I'm sorry that I let you believe you were the only guy I'd ever been with. I should have been more honest. But it just... It seemed to make you feel special in a way that me telling you over and over again how incredible you are just wouldn't get across. Oh, and I'm sorry. Just don't do that. Do you mean to tell me that while you have zero problem with me sleeping with half the women in New York City, you have some sort of half-ass mealy-mouth objection to pubescent antics that took place almost ten years ago. What the fuck is your problem? I want us to be something that we can't be. And what's that? A normal couple. But, like, you know, finds out that she's actually had sex with men. And, you know, been extremely experimental, as she put it with men as well and it's like it doesn't change a damn thing but all of a sudden it's just beyond him and like hooper has that explanation later that it's like you know if there's anything that can be done especially sexually it's already been done you can't think you're a pioneer here and so it's just like just a completely naive man and he's adolescent in his brain and that yeah no no much like kevin smith yes i know this is why I have problems with Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> okay, let, let's uh, let's. I, I don't. I'm. I wanted to say, well, Banky was right. I just want to keep propping up Banky, <laughs> saying he's the one said you're too Ooh. conservative, and he's also one in that the jaw scene that he clearly. He, I mean, just if he had listened to his friend, there are examples of different sexual encounters. Even if you know you stay with the same gender, Banky would be the first one to tell you that probably each of those relationships certainly different in their own regard as far as what goes on in the bedroom, what's acceptable, what's not. But let's let's move on to our uh, grand gesture here, which Oof. again kind of comes in twos. Um, <laughs> I was going to say there's two, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's started by uh, Kevin Smith getting to deliver the I guess the the kernel idea. He's the one that strikes mm. that match uh, right. using his own previous uh, relationship where he also lashed out um, over his girlfriend's uh, sexual history once he found out. And he's lamenting that he's basically saying I was young. I was immature. I said a lot of stupid things. I was totally in the wrong. And so it's, you know, we're led to believe this convinces Holden. Like, 
Yeah, he goes and sits on the swing sets or whatever, wherever they had their, their fisting talk. <laughs> Where was it? The kid spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, as as we all know, it's an American tradition. You know, swing set <laughs> fisting. Sure, whatever. I need to think. Give me a moment. <laughs> so he he comes up with this idea that uh, he can fix everything, which I think is. Uh, and especially in rom-coms is definitely a very sort of mannish thing mm-hmm. or, or it's someone's like overbearing mother-in-law uh, that's trying to fix you know, a relationship for her daughter or something of that. Nature. Hopefully not in this way. Hopefully the mother-in-law. Is that's not a movie I would like to one. see. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of uh, older actresses I would like to see handle this business. And mm-hmm. I, I think like they would Julianne get some shit done. Would I'd watch like, that. I mean, I, I was thinking, you know, Helen Mirren would probably, she would get that oh, menage a trois going. If I like she, yep. she would direct it. I mean, she would, you know, <laughs> it would be, it would be airtight. <laughs> there you go. Well done. I saw your face. You thought about not saying uh, that. <laughs> well, that's the problem with this podcast is anytime I have that hesitation, inevitably I will just go ahead and say it and I'll think, oh, later I'll edit that out and then I'm editing it and I'm like, ah, fuck it. This is this is gold. This is what the people want <laughs> me to be crass. So he comes up with this idea that he's going to he's gonna fix his friendship with Banky, who clearly is, is jealous of him. And I guess Hooper has alluded to that. You know, Hooper's the one that's saying, like, hey, he, you know, he's in love with you. Like, he's, he's got some issues with your relationship that he doesn't want to deal with yet. So for whatever reason, Holden decides, let's I'll include... I'll make you deal with it. That's <laughs> Let's, way to go about I'm it. I'm going to out you and you're going to buy into it and it's all going to be good. Did you say buy into it? That's an interesting choice of words. <laughs> I don't like his decision that he's going to be the one to say, hey, Banky, this is it. I know what we have to do. And then you, Banky, you, Alyssa, and I, all of us, can finally be all right. Please don't say it. We've all got to have sex together. I mean, look, don't you see? That that would take care of everything. Alyssa, with you, I won't feel too inadequate or conservative anymore because I'll have done something on a par with all of your experience. And it'll be with you, which will make it that much more powerful. And, and, and Banky, you can take that leap that everyone else but you sees you should take, and it'll be with me, your best friend for years. We've been everything to each other but intimates, and, and now we've been through that together too. And it won't be a total leap for you because a woman will be involved. And when it's over, all that hostility and aggression you feel toward Alyssa will be gone because you'll have shared in something beautiful with the woman I love. It'll be cathartic. This will keep us together. What do you say? <sighs> sure. You know I need this. You know it'll help. No. Oh, thank Christ. 
This is your time. Yeah, no. And we're no. we're involving a he he says, you know, we're involving a woman here so you'll be comfortable, but it's a woman that he despises and who despises right? him. That's that doesn't matter. It's just the physical. Oh, yeah, that's form. one of my favorite though. Not even if you let me videotape it. <laughs> See, Sheila, I knew. I knew you were a Banky fan. I knew you. <laughs> I told you, he's a shit, but I like him. <laughs> so this is my favorite uh, favorite part of the film, probably always has been, uh, because, you know, he gives this big Kevin Smith-like speech on how we're going to solve everything. And not only is he made to feel foolish, but in that moment, I mean, he cries. But he also lashes out again. Like he's, I think Kevin Smith does say this guy still does not get it. And maybe right. he won't ever get it. That's why I go back to this is a defense of conservative values because Banky told him you can't play in that particular Deep sandbox. <laughs> Damn bumpkins, man. You can't trust them. Look, all I'm saying is you know, if you're going to enter into this type of uh, numbers game with it, with your bedroom, <laughs> that I don't <laughs> I don't know if uh, this is the way to go about it. And I, uh, well, you I should applaud just, that like, surprise them both. Like, yeah, you hey, can't throw a surprise party. Like, no, no. <laughs> a lot of communication has got to take place. And I think it just, it, and I do like the fact that not only is he made to look like a fool, but he loses everything for the stupid decision. He loses his friendship. He loses this relationship that he may or may uh, not have been able to fix. Uh, but because he kind of takes what Silent Bob says and just goes, oh, now I know. Now we should just all fuck. <laughs> I'll I got do the it. opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll lash out. I'll, I mean, it's it's really interesting seeing that lashing out part, I think, is the most interesting. Because at first you're like, okay, this is a terrible idea. But I can I can see how he got here. But then when she says no... And he like just turns her and goes, no, no, really, look, this is gonna work, I promise. And it's like he's just trying to like finagle his way into this threesome with maybe one part of this threesome he's not even that interested in, but it, it becomes I like don't buy oh, that I... either. Well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he probably <laughs> is interested in. I mean, who wouldn't be interested oh. in banking? He's Seriously. got a good beard. Yeah, he didn't go with the goatee route. He went with right. the full beard. I, I know it's it's stupid uh, to complain about the visuals in a Kevin Smith film, but I also think the lighting doesn't encourage a menage a trois for me. <laughs> the furniture, the whole setup, the apartment doesn't mm, you know, doesn't nope. really put me in the mood. The, you know the attire that Banky has, and yep, yeah. Well, when you surprise somebody, they're they're not they're not dressed for the occasion. What did he expect? Look, Dave, uh, you've made your point. You don't like surprise, you know, sexual surprise requests. It's <laughs> a bad call. I'm sure it worked for someone if, you know, pornography has led me to believe that, that those type of things happen quite often. That, that every... Hey, I was in college once. <laughs> every, you know, every sexual encounter can just uh, can be a surprise, I guess. But it doesn't happen here. Doesn't, uh, nope, not here. Not, not here. Not with that goatee. It's not going to happen. Or Holden. So I've always felt like, you know, the, the, what he loses here, um, Alyssa, I could, you know, give a take, actually never root for them. When we talk about this a lot in the podcast, I never no. want them mm -mm. to be together. I am a little bit saddened by the loss of Holden and Banky's relationship, mm -hmm. because at the very least we do hear Banky verbalize how much it means to him. Like, and he's, mm -hmm. you know, he sees the warning signs and he's afraid of this very thing happening. And I, I wonder if that's part of the problem with the film is that we end with Alyssa not with Banky, because I do think yeah. that most of Kevin Smith's fans and maybe even just general moviegoers are like, you know, that there was something genuine that was lost between those two. Alyssa mm -hmm. and Holden, they're, you know, certainly yeah. Alyssa will probably be happier 
without all this nonsense. Without God, all I hope so. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think if uh, Kevin Smith was like, I, I've, I'm, this is going a little bit off track, but I've never really liked that he then used Banky um, and his uh, homosexuality or at least bisexuality as a gag in a later film. I always thought that did a disservice yeah. to Pretty the character in this relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally, I totally agree Sorry. with that. Like, I think it's, Dave, you're, I, I thought I, you were going to jump all over. You're going to leave it to me, the, well, the straight well, yeah. white dude from Kentucky, be like, "Yes, let me speak for this community." So. <laughs> no, but I, I think I think Kevin Smith is so enamored with the idea of this like connected universe he's built. I mean, you even see it here when they're having in one of the better scenes in the movie this kind of comparison of the injuries they they've suffered while going down on women and it's, you know, Rick Darius is mentioned later in the movie and you know the the girl in the the girl who dies in the pool. I mean, all these connections. He loves doing that and I think he got worse and worse later in his career because i guess he was just so bereft of original ideas it's like well let's go back to jay and silent bob so we have to tie this back to the kind of new jersey universe i've created and the only thing apparently that banky was good for was like oh he's the gay character uh who's not a gay stereotype unlike you know you could argue hooper is um so it's it rubs me a little bit the wrong way that he kind of brings it back to that and just like oh see he was really gay like and it becomes this kind of this mockery of that of that character instead of something actually interesting and it kind of rewards holden it's like well he was half right <laughs> like yep. he had that he that was gay <laughs> <laughs> which i don't like i don't like holden to have anything here um holden wasn't right <laughs> never no <laughs> I don't I don't know if this, you know, this works necessarily as a rom-com because I think it's a strange one where for the most part you do know these people don't and probably shouldn't be together. So are is is it mean spirit like Dave did you feel mean spirit or Sheila like if you're rooting against our two characters here in this love story, do you think it still works? Because I think somewhere in the back of your mind you're thinking like no this shouldn't work out. So how do how do those love montages just play when you know that the fisting swing set stories can only last so long eventually you have to get to the fisting and holden's not gonna be about it uh well i know they're not gonna work out you know like ever this is all like a novelty to holden it's like eventually he will get over the novel idea and nothing will be new for anybody even if Alyssa is like you know all in but um i yeah i just hate the writing with Alyssa though it like goes back and forth like she's She's gay. She even yells in the rain that she's gay. And then all of a sudden she's explaining to Holden why she's bisexual. Like, okay, why were you fighting this so hard if men are not off limits to you? And then we go back to basically Alyssa being gay again. It's like, I also really eh. hate that yeah. scene with the, I guess, her circle of gay friends. That, oh, yeah. yes. How the pronoun game. Yeah. Yep. I have, I actually wrote notes for you guys. <laughs> It's more than what we did. Yeah. I know, but you guys actually do this. I'm, I'm a podcast virgin in the sense of this movie. Well, uh, Dave's the Holden here. I'm the Benji. Yeah, I don't know. Oh boy. I don't know if I want to be either of those characters. I don't think that's that's good at all. Yeah, I think oh. it's there's some interesting things to be explored in this movie that Kevin Smith is not the person to explore. Like. 
you know, as Sheila just mentioned, you have this idea of this character who's screaming literally outside in the rain that she's fucking gay and then changes her mind in the middle of that scene and runs back to him. And there is definitely um, a feeling of, of people who are bisexual who are trapped in between those those kind of two worlds is like straight people don't like me and gay people don't like me. So how do I, how do I make my way in this world? And she has chosen to make her way in this world by claiming now to be gay and just being a part of that community. But none of that is really explored. And it ends up, I think the movie wants you to dislike these other gay characters uh, in that scene that you just mentioned with the kind of pronoun game and everything going on there is like, Oh, well they, Oh, another one bites the dust and they're just mean about yeah, it. And, I, and that's they're what I there. Yeah, and yeah. like their gay coven there, and it's like dating men <laughs> all of a sudden takes out all of her gayness. It's like, oh, well, yep. okay, she must pick a side. She can't actually like both. Yep. Yeah. Sheila just mentioned my, my favorite uh, go-to stroke material there, gay coven, which gay I will, coven? one day will feature on the Grand Gesture. I knew gesture. I'd get you somewhere on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, see you back on to that one. <laughs> there you go. And I think I will say, like in Kevin Swift's defense, like in hearing him talk about this movie afterwards, he has kind of improved. Like when people ask him, "Is he is he ever going to do a science fiction movie?" He's like, "Watch Chasing Amy. That's science fiction because it's ridiculous." And he has become more tied to the gay community and kind of understands more about what's going on now. But like just the movie itself, I mean, it does not it does not paint LGBTQ people in a good light at all. Like I think Hooper is maybe the only character who is who is seen in a good way. Like he is, you know, he but we still to need to like be two faced and a liar for, for profit. Yeah. He still, he still has yeah, to well, play he's, on he's stereotypes still, he has in the closet <laughs> yeah. in <quote> yeah. some <laughs> way. <laughs> but like he is seen as kind of a voice of reason throughout the movie who kind of actually understands what's going on. And, and there are parts of this movie and you mentioned like, do you root for these characters? And I, even when I watched it the first time, like I, I don't really feel a connection to this romance at all. And I was like, man, we should just make the Hooper movie. Like that's way more interesting uh, than what's going on with, with these two people trying to figure this out. Like, it, it, you know, Holden isn't a character that we really root for at all. Like he's not the one who gets all the funny lines. He's not the one who has, you know, a lot of charisma. And then you have, you know, everything going on with Alyssa. Whoa, whoa, kind whoa, of whoa, whoa. So the scene where she's singing to him, he thinks, and him touching his oh. chest, so much charisma. Oh God! That's <laughs> the power of the best performance. What are you doing? Stop. I really think you're this this person she's singing to. <laughs> so speaking as a bisexual veil, that is the gayest thing in that in this movie. <laughs> to that, I was like, "What are you doing? Who saw this? Who saw the dailies of this and went like, yeah, we're gonna keep that in right there, like.'" Straight Come people, because it worked for me. I was like, yeah. hmm, I mean, I'm questioning things now, the way the way Ben Affleck's seducing me with his moves. Oh, you're falling off your pedestal, Mike. You're falling. It's all right. It's totally worth it for that moment. A moment of pure pleasure. That means you're coming down to my level, though, right? Right. Well, I don't know. You, you don't waste your time with such nonsense. Although, yeah. I've heard you've got a podcast appearance you'd like to promote now. If you'd want to, as we're wrapping up, was there, there was there, you know, a great open-minded oh, guy oh, from Kentucky with excellent, the, excellent yeah. podcast that I was on this one time. It's called The Grand Gesture. Mm. It's about these two incredibly Damn. sexy men. <laughs> oh, oh my God. But for half of the thing, I lost half my stroke material when Dave's picture cut out. <laughs> See, I'll take that as a win for me. So, uh, <laughs> wins again. Yeah. 
You kept me going. I didn't hang up. I didn't. Well, you're you're in uh, you're in Nevada now, so I, I can't blame California technology. But I guess it's Kentucky internet. I left the coast, Mike. I left the coast. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah. So good. All right, you gotta come to Silicon Valley here in Kentucky. In the south. <laughs> Sheila, well, thank you for uh, for coming on to uh, you know to this, I guess, virgin territory as a guest uh, podcast guest. You're already an expert on the field, so yes. we got to get you on the record on something. Right. Well, thank you, and my apologies. <laughs> I think we should that's, that should be written down in our, our, our outro. <laughs> thank you for listening. Tagline as you leave. Apologies. Thank you, and I'm sorry. See, I am good for something. <laughs> you froze for both of us. Yeah, and I, I froze during this one too. I had to turn it off and turn it back. I don't know what's going on. Look at Nevada. It makes it really hard for me to read my audience, Dave, when you're just frozen in this like Joker smile. I'm like, is he enjoying this? What did I don't, you know, I need something. I'm just going to leave it always smiling. Like, <laughs> Should I just keep going or what?